The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Jess, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. I feel like you've been literally nonstop. Oh my gosh. We got here. We flew to Nashville for three days for the Country Music Hall of Fame thing. It was very cool. Then we flew back to LA with the kids. Tyler stayed in Nashville to work a couple more days. And today, right after this episode, we're flying to Sun Valley for my best friend's wedding. I mean, you're literally going back and forth, back and forth. That's amazing. Bryce has a request in Sun Valley. He said, make sure Haley takes a picture if she goes by the sun. He's like, I want a video, not even a picture. (laughs) I got you, Bryce. (laughs) I will get it. The ducks and all. Something I was noticing yesterday. I mean, the kids, we've all been tired. It's just so much. It's like we're literally running a marathon, all of us. And thank God we've got extra hands around us. I don't know what we do with these back-to-back things. I don't know what we do without them, but I was thinking about it yesterday. And, you know, as adults, we sometimes try and hold it all together and we're like, nope, okay, we're just going to get through this. And the kids, meanwhile, are falling apart. Like they're waking up so early with the time change, then they're falling apart by the end of the day, like having these tantrums. And I'm like, I know this is like not you right now. I didn't say that, but I know this is not my child right now. They're just so exhausted and like at their wits end. And it was just such an aha moment. Like our kids are such reflection of probably how we're feeling inside with this insanity of schedules and, or maybe stress of the pandemic or not seeing people or just all of it, life, but they actually show it. And we're just trying to hold it all in. And so I'm like, I feel like I probably need to let it out at some point (laughs) or just take a minute. Completely. But it's, it's, I like that you said it, that that's not them. Like when they're in the moment, that's not them. But it is, sometimes I get so frustrated when Bryce is like that because I'm like, gosh, like I know you didn't sleep or I know your schedule is off. Like I get it. But like, we're all struggling here. You know, it's like pleading. With a three-year-old, but I know they can't hold it together. But yeah, it's like, when's the last time we checked in with ourselves? Like, when is the last time that we actually was like, this is a crazy schedule and I'm really tired and this is stressful and getting going from plane to plane and flight to flight and packing and repacking. And it's a lot. I know. Katie, the other day, our nanny and Katie was unpacking in Nashville and she looked at her and she said, do you ever just get tired of doing the same thing every day? And Katie was like, excuse me, who are you? Are you 40? And she said, what do you mean by that? And Liv said, packing and unpacking and repacking. <laughs> She's like, actually, yes. Yes, I do sometimes. Liv, you're my favorite human. And 100%. I actually feel like Bryce has been making me feel like slightly unintelligent lately. It's like gotten to the point where he can like memorize books or he has those moments like Liv Mm -hmm. says. I'm like, wait, 
that's when adults should say in those moments. But we've read the same damn book now like 50 times. And it's one what of those rhyming it? books. You know, Goodnight, Goodnight Construction Site? They've got like a few of them. And so it's Mighty Mighty Construction Site that we're on. And but I don't even remember the other one. And he will tell you. He but like it. he remembers the rhymes that I don't even remember what's happening in the book. And then I'm thinking, this is so sad. Like I'm, I've sat and read this book 50 times. And for 50 times, I haven't been present enough. I've just been reading the words that I don't even really understand the plot, but he does and he can recite back. That's incredible. I have to remind myself that they, you know, I feel like we have so much more in our brain and I'm just telling myself this, but we have so much more to think about that if we were only alive for three years and had that in our brain, maybe we'd have more capacity. But that's just my excuse. I like that excuse. Uh, I'll hold on to that. But I think they do give us a better chance to be more present. I think they're a constant reminder, you know, of, okay, so maybe for this week when I read the book out of 10 times, maybe two times I can pay attention to the words I'm actually saying or something like that. I know. (laughs) I'm so excited about today's episode because today we're talking about probably one of my favorite subject matters in parenting. I loved this before I had kids and now watching it in action is probably my favorite. We're talking all about frustration tolerance. So how can we use frustrating moments our kids experience really every single day, multiple times every single day, whether it's playing or feeding or getting dressed on their own, putting their shirt on, really how we can use that as a teaching tool to help our kids learn to tolerate frustration because we really want them to be able to stick it out and persevere in those harder moments, life moments. And I think those situations in the end may be the best gift we can ever give our kids. And so we want to talk through practically how we do that. I can't wait. And I also hope we talk about how we can better handle frustration because I think I need it after this morning. (laughs) I'm here for you. Okay. Okay. So can you think of something that just gets your kids frustrated? Like what is the thing that just gets them frustrated? I mean, clearly there's thousands of things every day, but. I mean, something this morning that just happened 20 minutes ago, we were feeding the kids breakfast. Luca had celery juice. Yes. He drinks celery juice because he (laughs) sees me drink it. It's hilarious. And he was moving from the counter down to his little kid table. And he pointed at it like he wanted it. And then I grabbed it and was doing it for him. And he started screaming. He was like, and you know, he's a little nonverbal right now. So he was like, uh, uh, uh. And I was like, what? Like, what am I doing wrong? I thought he wanted the cellar juice. And he wanted to do it. And he, he kept pointing to himself and he said, me, me. And he's starting to say, I'd do it, which is great. And I was like, oh my gosh, he wants to get the cellar juice. And I knew it was going to be a stretch for him to reach up to the counter and grab it. And I just felt, I just saw this like happening where it was going to just tumble. And I kept remembering what, what we had talked about previously. It's just like, right, we just have to let them do it sometimes. (laughs) And so I was like, all right, I'm going to let him do this. And I hope he does it. And he did it. He picked up the celery juice. He brought it to his table. It spilled a little bit, which also frustrates him a lot. He is like, a little bit OCD like his dad. <laughs> so, so anyways, but he did it himself, but he was so frustrated that I wanted to do it for him. I, I mean, there's that. so many getting dressed. He yeah. wants to get dressed himself, but then it's, it's not, it's not working. You know, he can't get his arm through there. I mean, I could name a thousand things. 
I mean, they come up literally every day, right? Like you built a block tower and it falls down or anything. But I like that example you gave with Luca because I feel like we could really build off of that because he had that initial frustration of wanting to do it on his own, which is a very common frustration, but the frustration that really helps us move into persevere in life is getting through that second frustration, the frustration Mm -hmm. of the mess that could happen, right? And so I think we know inevitably if he gets that celery juice and he spills it all over, that's going to be frustrating for us, right? Like you're trying to get out of the door. You you have to get to a, a podcast and then an airplane. And like there isn't time for celery juice to be all over. But for mm-hmm. him feeling this perfectionism, I think that's really our job as parents is to help walk them through that, that knowing that even when you do it on your own and a little bit spilled, that's a great job. Like that is, that is persevering. And so allowing them to do that. And I always like to think about this, like from the child's point of view, like you were saying at the top of the episode, because being a kid is really, really hard. Like if you think about it, they have to learn how to do everything on their own in the beginning right? So how to balance that celery juice from the counter over to where he was going or how to put a sock on or how to build blocks so they don't fall over. And, and they learn everything on their own that first time. And so there's thousands of these moments that come up every day. So that frustration is inevitable. And I think you probably see with your kids, like some kids, that frustration looks really different, right? For Luca, he might get frustrated more often because he's less verbal and like that frustration happens. But all Mm -hmm. kids get frustrated. And it's hard for both of us. I think it's hard for us to watch it and it's hard for them to experience, but that's actually the moments where learning happens. Because if we fast forward five, 10 years from now, it's like, where do we want our kids to be? We want, life really is about persevering through hard moments. When life is good, that's easy, Mm -hmm. right? But when we're disappointed, when something doesn't happen, when we're told no, but we need to persevere through, right? We need to keep going. And so I think what's really cool is when we flip it on our head and we start to say like, okay, these moments might frustrate us. These moments definitely frustrate them. But if we can flip the script and look at them as teaching moments and help our kids through that frustration, that's, that's how they grow. Yeah. All right, you guys, let's take a quick break to talk about Claire Paints. You've heard me talk about them before and I'm just obsessed with them. I've been on a DIY kick and disclaimer, I'm not a DIYer by nature at all. And for the longest time I wanted to paint Bryce's room, but I was dragging my feet just, you know, I've never painted anything before. I didn't know where to start. Well, that's when I found Claire Paint and they make paint shopping easy and fun from start to finish. They helped me, I guess you could say, overcome my frustration with painting. They make it so easy that I'm already working out my next project. I've just been stalking their Instagram to find the right inspo to pull the trigger. So if you've been wanting to paint any part of your home, big or small, you have to try Claire. Okay, so what makes them so special? They're a new online paint brand that makes paint shopping easy and fun from start to finish. All the colors are designer curated. The founder and CEO himself is an interior designer, which means fewer colors that are expertly curated. They are the best colors. Once you find the colors you like, they send you these mess-free peel and stick paint swatches. You know, these are my favorite part. You can move them around on any wall. They don't ruin the walls. So it just makes it so easy to figure out what's the right color for you. And then you pick your paint and they send you the best premium paint and supplies straight to your door. It's really that simple. Not to mention the quality of Claire paint is incredible. 
We're all about finding and using products that we feel good about for a healthy home. And all of Claire's paints are zero VOC and Green Guard Gold certified and meet the most stringent chemical emission standards. Basically, Claire is perfect for painting a nursery or your entire home, whether you have kids or not. They've legitimately thought through every detail to help make your paint project easy, inspiring, and actually hassle-free so you can paint with full confidence and without leaving your home. It's actually a dream come true. So if you're thinking about painting any space, you got to try Claire. Visit Claire at www.claire.com slash living to get started and use code living to receive $5 off your first gallon of paint. That's www.claire.com slash living with code living for $5 off. Try them and show us the rooms you're painting. We want to see them. Now let's get back to our conversation. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. I'm kind of reteaching myself as I notice these things come up with our kids because I used to be very much a perfectionist. I'm trying to grow out of that. I remember when I was little, I wouldn't let my parents put away my clothes in my closet because it had to be in a certain order. It had to be like, you know, categorized with t-shirts, long sleeve in rainbow order. Like I had to have it a particular way. And um, now I know where your bond with Clea comes from. I know, right? (laughs) Um, Just kidding. And so I just, it has caused so much frustration in my life because I've noticed that I won't do certain things because I know I'm not perfect at it, which who's perfect at anything. So I'm going to be held back from doing so many things in life because I'm not going to be quote perfect at it. And so I'm like, oh, I don't want that, that for my kids because it can be so crippling sometimes because I feel like I've just not done certain things in life because I'm like, well, I'm not going to be great at it. So I'm just not going to do it. And Olivia the other night was writing in her little journal before bed and she wanted me to write out the alphabet so she could copy it. And so I wrote the alphabet out in all caps and then she was copying it below and it actually looked really great. And she got to the R and she messed up and she just got so frustrated and she just started scribbling over the whole thing. And I said, it's okay. That was so good. It was so good. We can just redo it right next to it. And she's like, no, I have to start at the beginning again. I have to start over. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I am seeing myself in you right now. And so I had to like really take a minute and be like, how am I going to talk to her about this? And I was like, okay, Liv, I feel this too a lot. And sometimes we just start right back where we left off and keep going. Otherwise we're never going to get through this alphabet. And I was like, I know it can be so frustrating though. And I mean, I'd love to hear some other verbiage if you have any, because I was like, what do I say right, to get her past this so that we don't have the same issue that I have currently? So I'm going to share actually probably, this is maybe one of my favorite tips, which is 
kids learn how to struggle by watching us struggle. And we don't struggle typically in a normal day the way that they struggle. So our struggles are a totally different struggle than theirs. But how they learn is by watching us. We're their models. And so when it comes to writing, when it comes to coloring in the lines, anything like that, I love pretending that I'm struggling. So for instance, we'll have like crayons out and Bryce and I are drawing. And I'll say like, he'll say, write my name Bryce. And so I'll start writing it. When I get to the R, I'll purposely like kind of make it look like a B or I'll mess up and write next to it. I won't cross it out. I won't make it a big deal. I'll then write it again. And sometimes I'll say like, I I will mirror that frustration. I'll say, oh, this is so frustrating. This is so frustrating. I can't figure out the R, but I know that if I stick through it, I will figure it out. I know I can figure it out. And I'll practice like five times. And the funny part is each time that happens, Bryce gets kind of just like silent and he is obsessed with it. It's like he's glued into me on those moments. And then it's like fast forward a week, he'll be sitting independent play, like drawing. And all of a sudden he'll do something and he'll pretend that he's acting like me. I'm so frustrated. I can't figure out this letter, but I know if I stick with it. And so I think they're used to seeing us with perfection. Like they say, write my name out and we write it in one second, but them learning letters is really hard. Or they say, can you color this in? And we bring out crayons and it's really fun and we color in the lines. And so I think if we use opportunities to mirror that frustration all the time, it's actually probably one of the best tricks. And Bryce loves it, literally loves it. I love that. And I can only imagine him like sitting there saying that. He's so cute. I love when he talks like such an adult sometimes. Sometimes he's more adult than me. I'm like, what should I say this? How would I articulate this, Bryce? I don't ever ask him that, but he could do it. But like with block towers, right? That happens all the time. And I guess the example I see the most is in feeding. And I think it's really, I want to talk through this because I'm always curious because I know it's something that happens with virtually all of us is it's really frustrating when we see our kids struggle in feeding. So I always say everything in parenting is all about the long game, right? So anything we're doing, frustration tolerance, like pretending, doing that stuff when we're pretending, it's not, it's, I always equate it to little bicep curls. You do little bicep curls and your bicep doesn't change for a while. You have to do it consistently over time to see any possible change. And so much of that in parenting is with that. And I see it with feeding every single day, right? So you know, my kid can't use an open lid cup. Well, and it's after trying the first time, they got really frustrated and then it's wanting to give up in that moment. And really it's about giving our kids multiple times to learn. It's a, it's a new learned skill or mm-hmm. not liking a food, right? Like they give you every indication they don't like it. And so then we interpret it, they don't like it and we, we don't serve it again. There's a lot of things that are learning opportunities for our kids that they need to experience over and over, like those little bicep curls that if we don't stick through with it, they don't actually learn how to do it. But I know how hard it is as a parent to watch your kid. Like it's a lot of times it's just easier. It's easier when Bryce is frustrated if I'm like trying to do something, right? I'm like, just play by yourself for a second. I'll fix this so that you play with it. And by no means am I saying all the time you have to do this. It's 80-20 when you have the capacity, like step in and and model it and give them that opportunity. But I want to hear from your perspective what you think when your kids get really frustrated and we have that like innate desire to fix it. What is that? Mm, That's a good question. I mean, first, I want to say I love that you said the 80-20 rule because I think sometimes I'm like, where's the fine line? Like, sometimes I do just need to get out the freaking door. 
Yeah. And I don't have time to run through that. And I, I just need to like put Luca's pants on and get him out the door. But 100%. I do want him to to really to learn how to do it and and struggle a little bit. So I like the 80-20 rule. But where does this innate desire come from? I don't know. I think we just want to help. Yeah. But in turn, I don't think it's really helping yeah. in the long game. Yeah. It's it's almost like I don't know. I sometimes like to think through kids through what it would be like through our experience. So I say that with feeding all the time. Like, you know, if you had someone sitting there wiping your face every single second, never letting <laughs> you get messy, like you're at your favorite meal and they're just wiping your face all the time and then giving you one more bite and like airplaning it into your mouth, like you would feel so uncomfortable and feel so pressured and, and you wouldn't right. like that. And so I like thinking through that lens. And I think through really hard times, if we really step back and we have someone that swoops in, I think like a lot of our parents' generation swooped in and fixed a lot of things. And I think in the end, we we our initial desire is just to help. But in the end, what we do is we break down confidence because confidence is only built by getting through hard things and knowing that you can come to the other side. I love that you said that because, I mean, I'm just thinking in therapy terms, you know, we're just trying to help, but really it's not helping. It's really codependency. Which means I'm not okay if you're not okay. Yeah. And so really, I think we just need to check in with ourselves and like worry about ourselves and help where we need to help, but let them, let them have their space. Yeah. I think it feels hard for us because it is hard. It's hard to watch the people that we are raising really struggle when we know that within one simple fix, we could just like make the frustration go away. Maybe for them or maybe for us. Like maybe it's just a moment of just like, I don't want to hear whining anymore. I can't hear it. Like, let me just fix this. So I think it goes both ways. But yeah, so it's just, we just want to fix that. But if we're fixing it, we're really handicapping them, right? Like we're, maybe that's not the right word, but we're really just not allowing them to build that confidence. And in the end, we want them to be confident. I also think there's this like degree of embarrassment of like parent shame, mom shame. Like how are other parents going to be judging us? Like a lot of this stuff happens in public or a lot of this happens in school or like we project to the future. Like if my kid's not eating broccoli right now, you know, what are all, what are the teachers going to say about my kid? What are the parents going to say about my kid? Is my kid going to be the only one that doesn't do X, Y, or Z? So I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we try to force things to be like, okay, I don't want you to be the last kid in the class to be able to write an A, or I don't want you to be the kid that's not eating their vegetables or mm-hmm. because we're, we're afraid of kind of that downstream effect. But if we don't really let them experience it on their own, they don't figure out how to do it on their own. And honestly, this I think is probably the most important skill in life. Like if I zone out or zoom out, I should say, I want Bryce to be resilient. That's like the ultimate thing in life that I want him to be. Mm -hmm. And if I'm fixing everything for him, then he doesn't have that opportunity to build that resilience. And like, I'd much rather him learn that from me in a safer environment when he's younger and has these opportunities as opposed to being like out on his own and trying to figure that out in his first job or his first relationship or first anything. Or college. (laughs) Right. When you go to college, uh, I mean, I will say my parents set me up. They taught me how to clean. Like I was a very independent person when it came to things like for my own personal growth, like writing a paper or doing homework. They really helped me. And I think they helped me so much in a a way that they, they were really just trying to help. But I, I think it ended up hurting me because I think I got to college and I was like, 
I don't want to write this paper on my own. Like, yeah. Can't my mom or dad just do it? <laughs> like, and like, so can horrible. I do it? Oh and can gosh. I do it as well as them? I think it was more a confidence thing for me. Like I knew I could do it. I was a great writer, I, but I, my confidence wasn't there. Yeah. Which is a really important lesson to learn from because I think that's, if we could look at the little frustrations that happen in toddlerhood all the time, in childhood, even in babyhood, right? Like when your kid's in tummy time, that, you know, the second they get uncomfortable, it's like we want to swoop in and take them out of tummy time. But it's like, okay, is there a different toy we can hang out in front of them? Is there some silliness we can bring in? Can we extend it by 20 seconds? Because when they're learning to crawl, when they're learning to walk, when they're learning to talk, all of that comes with a lot of frustration. And as they build that frustration on their own and can get through it is really how they feel so accomplished. I mean, you see a kid after they meet a milestone and they're the most confident human around. I mean, they're just so excited. Okay. So what are some things we can do to help build this frustration tolerance? For sure, imitating. Like imitate, imitate, imitate. I'll be playing with blocks and I will say, this is so frustrating. I can't figure out how to get this on top, but I know I can figure it out. I know I can. I always am an advocate of giving young kids pencils without erasers. Erasers tell our kids, like, when you mess up, erase and then redo it and redo it and redo it. So I think giving them pencils without erasers and allowing them to not feel like it has to be fully crossed out or they have to get a new clean piece of paper. So imitating yourself. And then when they're in that frustration, talking them through it. I see you're so frustrated. And then my favorite thing, I get frustrated too. When I can't get my shirt on or whatever, that really frustrates me. And just mirroring that to them. Honestly, I think that's the biggest thing. And when they're feeling really frustrated with it, it's like, I believe in you. I know that we can do this together. Might We not might not figure it out right now, but I know we will figure it out. And I know you will figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's such great language. And I'm often reminded of this language when Liv will talk to Luca. And it's so funny. It takes me by surprise. Yes. But I, it's almost like a validating thing in parenting. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I say. And now she's saying it to him. But the other day he wanted to get in the swimming pool. in our house At our house here, the pool is right outside, like the back door. Just calling their name. Oh my gosh. And he just stares at it all the time and points at it. I want, I want. And Liv looks at him and she goes, oh, Luca, I know. Swimming is so fun, isn't it? Swimming is so fun. And she (laughs) repeated it. She's like, it's so frustrating. I wish we could swim too. She said, right now we get to go play in the playroom. And I was like, oh my gosh. Who are you? I'm learning from you again. But it, it was kind of validating, like, okay, at least she's hearing this and and now she's repeating it. They hear it. They hear it and they digest it so much more than they give us in that moment. In that moment, it may not change their frustration and that's okay, right? Like I always say that in feeding. We have to let our kids get frustrated. We have to allow them to try to figure out how to feed themselves. Like think about if someone gave you a spoon and you have to balance it and get it up to your mouth that first time, that's hard work to do. And so if we're constantly swooping in to like decrease that frustration, they don't break through. And so it's hard to do. But I think it's so cute when you see in that moment, what you do may not decrease the frustration, but you'll start to see in other moments it kind of bleeds into it. Or like that live example. That's so cute. I mean, Bryce Bryce does it with his imaginary friends. No, he doesn't have imaginary friends, but he does it with his stuffed animals. Like he'll like, you know, put the blanket on like, oh, I see you're having a hard time or whatever. They're using <laughs> that language they hear. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
God, that's amazing. <laughs> and with um, his lion, he's been singing like the night night song to his lion and tucking his lion in. But the more I think that we can pretend that frustration and we can normalize it, the better they do. And so I do that with feeding. I do that with play. And when we can just flip the script, and I can't say this enough, flip the script to saying these frustration moments aren't a reflection of you as a parent. They're not a reflection of your child. They're moments for your kid to learn. And so just let them learn and bring some silliness into it. I think that's probably the most underutilized parenting moment is when I just get silly on his level, you know, like, wait, I can't figure out the block. Look, does it go over here on my head? Does it go, you know, I'm not that silly of a human, but he finds me just hysterical. So I I roll with that. (laughs) But the more we can bring silliness into little things, I think we can kind of decrease some of those frustration moments, right? Because like there is a lot of frustration that comes up. There's tension. You want to get out the door. They are on a completely different schedule and they do not want to get out the door. They have no interest in getting their stuff on, right? And so maybe that's 20% of the time where we don't have the time for them to learn it themselves, but we can then just bring some silliness in to kind of just bring the tension down. Yeah. So I love this. Real quick before we end, any quick tips on how to keep our cool when we're frustrated in those moments? Yes. Actually, I did this yesterday. I just was having a day yesterday and Bryce, he didn't nap and it was just one of those days he was just harder than normal. And what I did is I said, you know what, Bryce, I took a play from your book when you told Liv, like, I'm just not going to be the nicest right now if I don't get the rest of my sleep. I said to him, like, mommy's really frustrated right now. She needs a moment. She needs a moment just to breathe. I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to breathe. And what that did twofold was not only did he model it that I get frustrated too and normalized it for him, he saw the skills of what I did. And so I literally said, I'm so sorry, I can't talk to you for two minutes. I need to sit over here in the corner and I just need to take a couple deep breaths. And what's funny is because he's watching me, I actually took a couple deep breaths. Like if I went in my room and took some solo time, I'd probably turn on Instagram and start scrolling and I probably wouldn't actually calm down my body. And so I love just saying, you know what? Mommy needs a moment. Like I need a moment right now and take some deep breaths and model what it looks like in front of them. Take a sip of water, I asked Bryce, like, what are things that help you calm down your body? Like, I'll try those. And it actually helped me, to be honest. Like, it really did. Wow. Well, I needed this right before our flight. So thank you. (laughs) Sending all the patients, literally all the patients and all the good vibes for easy flying. Thank you. Thank you so much. I loved our combo and I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Goodbye. Safe travels. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please follow the show, rate, and don't hesitate to write a little review. We also have a voicemail box you can call to ask us any questions, tell us the topics you'd like covered, or just share where you're struggling and how you could use some extra support. Call 833-444-FULL or 833-444-3855. We want to hear from you. And tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. And don't forget with two L's. Can't wait to see you next week.